with everyone today. Amen. Let's stand together. Have you come to bless the Lord? Let's give him praise today, church. He is worthy. Lord, we bless you in this place. We magnify you. We glorify you, oh God. Put our hands together. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. Oh, Lord, we shout out your praise today. Hallelujah. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung up on that cross. Then he rose up from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. Be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. Oh, Lord, we shout out your praise. Hallelujah. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by his grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, and now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, and now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Now we're royalty, 
We were the prisoners, and now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, and now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, and now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, Lord, we shout out your praise. Hallelujah. We shout out your praise, Lord. Let's give him glory. He is worthy. We shall praise to you, O God. Hallelujah. We praise you, O Lord. He is worthy today, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord Jesus, in this place today. Can you give him glory? Give him honor. He is worthy. He is almighty God. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. And I raise a hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies, I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. Oh, I raise a hallelujah. Fight for me.
Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Oh, let's sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. In the presence of my enemies. Sing a little louder. Louder than the unbelief. Sing a little louder. My weapon is a melody. Sing a little louder. Your heavy comes to fight for me. Sing a little louder. In the presence of my enemies. Sing a little louder. say that together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Join with the angels. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Lord, we praise your name. Hallelujah. 
to the Lamb. Lord, we praise your name. Sing that together. Hallelujah. And hallelujah to the Lamb. Lord, we praise your name. Just the voices, sing it to him. Hallelujah to the Lamb, sing it to him. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Lord, we praise your name.
Him up together, church. Hallelujah. 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 He is worthy. He is worthy. Continue to worship. You may be seated. Oh, amen. Can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this house today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Next Saturday, March 11th, 2 to 4 p.m., you're invited to a baby shower for Cameron. And Sheila McKinney, we are excited that there is a baby boy on the way. So, y'all just keep having kids, all right? I'm done. I'll live through you, all right? Hold it, watch it, smile, grin, and give it back to you as it cries. It's the best of both worlds, I tell you. Youth fundraisers going on. There's Dollywood theme park tickets are going to be given away or raffling off to... Tickets to Dollywood Theme Park. Uh, it can be used any open day in 2023. They're only $10 per entry. And I got news for you folks. Some things are expensive. Anybody been lately? All right. You people don't believe in going to Dollywood. Well, <coughs> if you win, just give it to me. I'll use it for the kingdom of God. Anyhow, today I want to preach. I want to start a series, and it is going to be for the next several weeks. I'm not going to tell you how many. Because I never know. Just ask my Wednesday night crowd. It's just when I get finished, I'll get finished. That's what, what I'm sticking to. I was thinking just yesterday, you know, what's wrong with the church, right? There's a lot wrong with the church. I mean, I, 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 could, I could go ahead and, and get a lot of um, topics today. I could get y'all to scream them out to me and I'd write them down. As you said them, and we could do a series on what's wrong with the church. There's some liars in the church. There's troublemakers in the church. There's envious people in the church. There's dividers in the church. There are hypocrites in the church. But where else are you going to find them, right? What makes a hypocrite a hypocrite? They come to church. So we can find out what's wrong with the church, and I could focus on that today, but I don't want to deal with what's wrong with the church. I want to tell you that there's some things that are right with the church, and today we're going to start off what's right with the church series is going to be the fellowship of the church. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22. Now y'all are going to absolutely love these scriptures. Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Shake hands and be friends. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands. Y'all ain't ready for this. I, I'm just the, the preacher, that's all. I'm just the reader in everything. Mind you, this is obviously spiritual things, 
You can't have an ungodly husband sitting there telling you how you got to live because they're going to tell you to do the opposites. My father used to tell mother, say, just leave Jim home with me today, right? And mama would stand up because he wasn't being the lead of that house that she had to stand up and say, no, he's going to church with me tonight. He doesn't just sit at home. We're going to church. But then the thing shifts. I know you husbands love your wife being under subjection, all this kind of stuff. But husbands, the challenge falls on you. Love your wives. But that is not it. Don't just love them, but you love them just as Christ loved the church. We cannot have it both ways. You can't expect your wife, and I'm not preaching a Valentine series, to trust you in the things that you say and the spiritual leadership that you give when you don't love her like Christ loves the church. God didn't make doormats out of women. No. He put a responsibility on us that says if you want your wives to trust you as a spiritual leader, then you've got to show them that you love them just as much as Jesus Christ loves his church. That is powerful, folks, because he gave himself for her. He died for her. That he might sanctify this church, cleanse this church with the washing of water by the word, that he may present her, this church, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot, wrinkle, blemish, any such thing, that she should be holy without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh. We love us but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord loves and cherishes His church. For we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bone. Oh my goodness, I feel it today. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and his church. All right, let's go to Acts chapter 2. What a powerful scripture today. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. You got it. In the breaking of bread and in prayers, then fear came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. They had all things in common. Y'all ready to see what the church looks like? Jesus' church. They sold their possessions and their goods and they divided them among all the people as everyone had a need. Jesus, help us. This is going to be a tough series, isn't it? Did you just hear what I read? They start selling their stuff so that the people in need can have what they need. They continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplistic heart. They were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were to be saved. I want to preach it. What's right with the church? The fellow, Well, what a church is all I've got. Sign me up for that church, baby. I mean, if I get in trouble, this church would be there for me. 
If I get in a financial crunch and I need somebody to really help me, this church is going to be here for me. Everybody's still with me. Because that is what the church of Jesus Christ looks like. Otherwise, we develop a country club mentality that I could preach an entire sermon on. But I'm telling you, this is not a country club. This is God's church. This is not a country club that you pay your tithes and your offerings and you get rights and then you get served. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We serve the world and we serve one another. That is what the church of Jesus Christ looks like. Sign me up. I want to be a member of that. And so when I begin to read to you, what God does is He shows us the marriage relationship. It is visible. It is the relationship of the husband and the wife. And He compares that to Christ and His church. He is always, we always know that the church is the bride. He is the bridegroom. Adam and Eve are the first example of fellowship. A matter of fact... Two people that are willing to walk with God. And, but, but Jesus and the church, it is the next and best thing. Because, because God today, understand with me, that the church is not a joke to Him. Church is not casual to Him. Church is not I come when I want to come or when I don't. Church is a priority for Jesus. And the reason he loves it so much is because he gave himself for it so that we could come into this place and celebrate and worship with our Lord and Savior that gave himself. His blood was shed for us so that we could escape an awful place called hell. Thank God for Jesus Christ today. The relationship between Christ and his church. He is very serious about it. See, this church, Jesus told us, he said this. He said, upon this rock, he told Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Isn't that beautiful? What God wants us to understand, Jesus looks at Simon and he says there's going to be days that it's going to be shaky. There are going to be days that the church feels like it's falling apart. There are going to be days when you're going to be persecuted and you're going to be running for your life because they're going to kill you, want to kill you because you're a part of this church. But let me tell you something, Peter. This rock is what I'm building it on. It is the rock, Jesus Christ. And though the gates of hell will come against you, Though things will get rocky and shaky The church will disagree The church will go through splits The church will have issues But at the end of the day I'm declaring to you That my church is going to be a spotless bride And she's going to be ready for my coming This church will prevail Victory See Jesus speaks to us Jesus had, has declared us victorious folks that is why I tell you don't walk around defeated because that's not who you are. You're a child of the king. You are victorious. This church that Jesus died for, it is not defeated today. Sure, there's some that are dead. Sure, there's some that are dried up. Sure, there's some that they're just a couple weeks away from locking their doors because they lost the vision and lost the heart for the harvest and they're going to have to shut down they can't even pay the light bill anymore definitely can't pay the staff and they're about to close the doors but I'm telling you that there is still a church that is ready for a move of the Holy Spirit and there is still a church are you hearing what I'm preaching to you there is still a church that knows what fellowship is all about it is in the Greek ecclesia 
is what we find the church is. It simply means that we are the called out ones. We are different. We are the church of the twice born. We are like Nicodemus. We were not just born from our mother's womb. But there is a second birth that has taken place. We have been changed. We have been saved. We that were dead in our sins. My God, we have been brought alive in Christ. We who were dead. We who all we knew was the world. When all we knew was death. Because that's what sin is. All of a sudden this world wonderful Savior came to this church and said you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to be like the world. You come out from among them and you be a separate people and we're going to call you the Ecclesia. We're going to call you the church of the living God. You're twice born. You've been born in your mother's womb and you've been born alive into the kingdom of we see it in Acts chapter 7, 36 through 38. There's a guy named Stephen. We see the reference to Ecclesia there. As Stephen is being stoned, yes, there's a guy by the name of Saul who would later be known as the Apostle Paul who is standing there and they hand the garments to him after Stephen has been stoned to death. But Stephen was describing the work of Moses among the children of Israel. He said they were called out of Egypt by God Almighty. We have been called out of Egypt. The Egypt represents the world. We've been called out of the Egypt of sin, of sensuality, of self-indulgence, the things that we want. We have been called to our Canaan land, the Canaan of salvation, the Canaan of service to one another, and the Canaan of sanctification and the purification. That's what the body of Christ is. But for years and years now, the church has been scrutinized for years and your intense scrutiny. We have had unmerciful, relentless ridicule, unrelenting persecution. Sometimes persecution isn't just in the form of, of let me stab you or let me kill you, murder you. But, but sometimes it's in that language that people use or the wording that they use or, or, or how they segregate us. As if they make us feel like we're less than because we're a part of this church. Or they try to make us feel like if you're a part of the church and you're judgy, right? I don't like you church people. Y'all judgmental. Right? Anybody ever got told that? That, 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 that? I mean, it hurts a little, don't it? I mean, that's a little bit of persecution. A little mental, emotional persecution. But even today, we have missionaries and we have those in other countries that don't have a privilege like we do today. There are some today that will preach just like I am this morning. And before they can make it to their home, the pastor's going to be killed for preaching this wonderful, glorious gospel. It humbles me today. It humbles me and it makes me thankful for where I am. It makes me thankful for the country that I live in today. Some won't make it home. And you know why they're doing it? Because they love the church. They love the church. Just like Jesus loved the church. He was willing to give himself for her. We are, what's wrong with the church? Again, I want to reiterate, there is plenty that's wrong with the church. The biggest problem that I have found in the church is that I'm in it. The biggest problem I have found in the church is that you're in it. See, you got to understand that when you get human influence, because the church is full of human influence. 
When the church starts getting in trouble is when human reasoning kicks in and we start listening to our own wisdom and our own ideologies and we say we don't need what God says. We're going to do it our way. That is when it becomes a problem. I do that. You do that. We have to understand the leader of the church is him. And so my job is to keep the human element, me, at the lowest point that I can and keep the influence of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God, the heart of God, at the highest level. So anytime that I find myself and I'm getting off balance and I'm like, oh, this is what God said. Well, that's not what God's saying. John said, I must decrease and he must increase. I'm flesh, I fluctuate, I'm mad some days, I'm angry some days, some days I wake up happy, sometimes I'm telling you, I just wake up on the wrong side of the bed, anybody know what I'm talking about? Three cups of coffee in and then we'll talk about this thing. He must increase and I must decrease. And any time that I see my flesh just coming up, and any time I see that I'm trying to lead his church, and my, my ideology is getting above his, i got to pull it back. No, 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 I can't do that. And this is the struggle with the church. And the reason that churches falter, and the reason that churches fail, is because when human reasoning gets above the Holy Spirit, and against what God is saying, then there's a problem there. And that is when the church goes down. But I've got to keep it at the lowest possible influence, and the Holy Spirit at the highest. If we are not careful, we take on the attitude of the false ownership of the church. In other words, we get to this place that to the pastor it becomes his church that's my church down yonder come on somebody I refuse to just pick on myself to the clerk it becomes his or her money I had a wonderful guy he's dead and gone now but I remember old he wasn't going to write the check church had already voted and I said you're going to write that check. If you don't write that check, we'll have a new clerk tomorrow. The people of God have already spoken. It's a democracy. It was a vote. They said, yes, you're writing the check. It's there. The clerk had gotten the mentality a little bit. They said, huh, this is my money. But it's not his money. It's God's money. It's not my church. It is his church. To the board, it becomes their staff. To the members, it becomes their secretary that serves them as if the church owes them. But the truth of the matter is that none of the church is ours. Let me say it again. None of the church is ours. This is God's church. When we get that into perspective, the church will be right instead of wrong. The wrong comes in when we get in the way of God's church. I didn't die for this church, but God did. What a powerful thought today. But kanoia, which is in the Greek fellowship, it is the joint participation of individuals. Yes, fleshly individuals like me and you. And they come together for a common cause and a common purpose. A.K.A. it is called vision. It is when they come together and we understand why we fellowship. We understand why we are in this house today.
We do not. We are the church because we want to save, win the world. We want to see people come to Christ. We are the church because we come together and we see our brothers and our sisters and we worship together. We pray together. We put a hand on a shoulder and say, Jesus, whatever she's dealing with, would you help my sister? That is the fellowship of the church. Woo. Mm -mm -mm. This word fellowship is a little deeper. And it means more than our typical, let's all go out to the fellowship hall and eat. Now that's great fellowship. Matter of fact, I love that kind of, I love that sort of thing. But this is deeper than that. It is deeper than just sharing a meal. When you look at the birth of this fellowship, God's desire was fellowship. That's all he wanted. And with the nature of God inside of us, because we are like him, it should also be our desire. I mean, we love eating at church, don't we? <laughs> because, and we often say, All right, we're going to eat after church. We're going to have a time of fellowship together. But what I need you to understand is we should enjoy worshiping together. We should enjoy being in this house, this gathering place. Right now, we should be glad we're here together. Because this is fellowship, one with another. It ought to bless our heart good to pray for our fellow brother and sister who is discouraged and downcast. That is fellowship, my friend. It ought to encourage us when we can hug their neck, when we know that we've seen tears down the, running down their eyes as they cried before God for whatever their need was. And we walk up to hug them and we just let them know that we're there. That is fellowship. God said... You remember the story. He would come down in the cool of the day to fellowship with Adam and Eve. In particularly, Adam would walk with him in the cool of the day. This prayer is fellowship. It is time with God. It is God's utmost desire with humanity. What God always wanted from us was fellowship. That was his heart when he created man. Abraham is called a friend of God because of the fellowship he has with him. Enoch was not for God took him but the only thing we read about Enoch is Enoch walked with God fellowship this is what God wanted David he's a sinful man he's committed adultery he's lied he's killed a man he's a murderer but yet he repents and says God forgive me David was a man after God's own heart because of fellowship. Fellowship with man was God's original, original intent that he started this thing called fellowship for. That's the simplicity of the birth of it. And then I move on quickly to the basis of this fellowship. The brightness of this revelation that God has given us that are a part of this fellowship. In 1 John 1... He said, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. But if we walk in the light, if we are like Enoch, if we are like Adam, if we are like David, if we are like Abraham and we walk with God, 
But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. There is something special about me today. It's not my giftings, it's not my talents, it's not the music I play. The most special thing about me is my bloodline. I'm not talking about my mama. I ain't talking about my daddy and my grandma. I am talking about the royal blood that is flowing through my veins. And that is what makes this church so special. Because today, Scott, you are not my biological brother. But in Christ, we are brothers. Because we have the same blood that died for this church, that gave himself so we could have a church. It is flowing through every one of our veins. And as we walk in the light, we have this fellowship, this special relationship with one another. That many of you, even if you say, Pastor, my biological mama left me. My biological father left me when I was just a baby. Or, or maybe they're dead and gone. Or maybe you and your family aren't close. Do you understand that's what fellowship of the church is about? Because this is now your family. We need to get this, folks. The church is not a me and my, my four and no more. It's all about us mentality. What can the church give us? What program does the church have for my kids? Oh, what about this and that and the other? No, 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 no. No. We've got this thing wrong. We've got to understand that we are a family. And families stick together. And everybody's got a crazy cousin Eddie. I'm sorry that I said that. For you to watch a Murdoch trial, you're with me. I'm sorry that everybody has a crazy cousin that comes to the dinners. You know, oh my gosh, why is he here? They some crazy cousins in the church too. But you're still in the same bloodline as me. And that's what makes us special. That's what makes us different. That's what makes us peculiar. That is why God said there's something different about you. You are peculiar. You are strange. You are different, but I have called you mine. Let the darkness all around you, you think is prevailing. No, no, no. God said it is time for us to be the light. We are saints of light, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot miss a Christian. They stand out in the crowd. Because they are light. They shine. True Christians shine. You don't have to wear a cross around your neck. You don't have to wear a t-shirt that says, I'm a Christian. If you have to do that, you are very insecure. I'm not saying that you can't wear that. If you've got an I am a Christian shirt, please don't throw it away. That's not what I'm suggesting. Don't you women go home and throw away all your little cross earrings. They're cute. Just keep them. 
That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is these things don't make me a Christian. I don't have to tell people just because I wear this Christian shirt that I'm a Christian. Just because I wear a Gap Hill hat, I'm a Christian. They ought to know I'm a Christian because Christians shine in the middle of the darkness. The darker the world gets, the brighter that we must shine. We are the church of Jesus Christ. I'm going to leave you with this point. I've got the birth of the fellowship. I've got the basis of the fellowship. I'm going to keep it simple. Thirdly, I've got the boundaries of this fellowship. Boundaries simply mean that there's something that indicates there's a border or there are limits. How far does this fellowship go? It is never to be confused with the party spirit, all right? I, I was, uh, this has been years ago. I guess it was probably 2013. It's been 10 years at least. In Charisma News, and I quote it for you, the headline was this, Pastor drinks beer in the home of Jesus at beer-based Bible study, or in the name of Jesus. Pastor drinks beer in the name of Jesus at bar-based Bible study. Everybody want to shout now or you want to wait till the elder service? I love small groups. I love connect groups. I love what you guys are doing on Sunday mornings. Thank you to all the leaders that teach that faithfully every Sunday morning during connect hour. If you ain't coming 945, you ought to. And honestly, I may have to bust some walls out. I mean, we're seriously like, I mean, we are, some of them are getting fat. I walked in Nancy's room this morning and uh, Nancy, oh my goodness, y'all showing up. It's amazing. It's amazing. What are they doing? They're fellowshipping with one another. They're praying together. They're reading the word together. They're growing together. They're studying together. Charisma News says, oh my goodness, says we can go to the bar. We're going to, I mean, let's go to the bar to win people to Jesus. I love my buddy Don Rich. He's an old independent hard to the core Pentecostal preacher I mean you couldn't have a TV you couldn't do nothing but I'm going to tell you something that man could preach fire down he was good I remember him talking about how he went by the bar and I probably told it before and I don't care I'm going to tell it again and I may tell it again before the end of this series but he's walking by that bar and he said I'm going to preach you know I need to preach to these people he said old biker game came up and he decided I, I'm going to preach. I, he had his little microphone and he handed it to the, knocked on the bar door and the bar owner come and said, what you need, man? Come on in. He said, I ain't coming in there. He said, but would you give me some electricity and plug this thing in for me? He said, well, I guess. How long do you need? He said, oh, just a few minutes. Plugged that thing in. He started preaching to those bikers. He said God got a hold of their hearts. He said they were crying. Grown men on bikes crying. You know, bikers are supposed to be tough guys. He said they were down crying and confessing their sins. He said they had revival right outside the bar. He said souls were saved and the devil paid the light bills. What he said. Powerful, powerful, powerful. But he said, I'm not going in there to win them. They can come out here. 
See, I'm telling you, there has to be boundaries to this fellowship. God has not called us to be the world to win the world. He has called us to be different from the world to show them that there's something special about them. There is royal blood flowing in their veins. We have rights and privileges that the ordinary man does not have, folks. We have access to Jesus Christ, to God's throne. 24-7, 365 days a year. We can call on the name of Jesus. And he says, I hear you every time that you pray. My ear is not heavy that I cannot hear. My arm is not shortened that it cannot save. We have this fellowship going on. But when the focus becomes blurred and hazy, we have to back away, reconsider, and examine ourselves. Because the focus of this relationship and fellowship must always be Jesus Christ. It must always be about His divine purpose. We wonder, I was, I was studying just Saturday and I was walking around, or Friday, and I was walking around and I was thinking, and I said to myself, we wonder why the world has degraded. That means gone down. Why has the world went down? And I figured it out. The world has degraded because the church has degraded. Boy, this is like rocket scientists right here, isn't it? It's pretty simple. And I got thinking, well, why in the world has the church degraded? The church has degraded because the family has degraded. Why has the family degraded? Are you ready, Daddy? Are you ready, men of God? The family degraded because the men degraded. Do you see the downward trend? Tell us most of the kids today that are in prisons is because their fathers are in prison. It's a vicious cycle. It keeps happening over generation, generation after generation. They have a, get a girl pregnant and they end up in the in the pen before their kids are born and they're having to come show them pictures of the baby it's a shame that's what our problem is I know what the problem is I know what's wrong but I got a solution for what's right because if we could just oh God have mercy Woo, I feel like preaching today folks honey I had too much coffee this morning I figured it out it was pretty simple I figured if it went from here down, then we can go from here up. So I figured that if we could get the fathers back on fire, and if we could get the fathers full of the Holy Ghost, then our families would become filled with the Holy Ghost. Our houses would be filled with the Holy Ghost. The church of Jesus Christ would get on fire again. And then in, tech, then, then in time, the world would also experience the revival that is coming from the church. It's that simple. I got it figured out. And when the church becomes the church that we're supposed to be, that's what it starts looking like. At all, co at all costs, we must protect this fellowship. Now, I'm going to tell you, Johnny, I've been in church my whole life. You have too, probably, or a lot of your life. Many of you are born in church. 
Sometimes I wonder if any of y'all were really born in church. I mean, Mama was shouting so hard, she shouted you right out. I don't know. Used to get crazy back in the good old days. <laughs> I've got to protect this fellowship. Because I know there's going to be things along the way that are going to test the fellowship of this church. I'm going to close with this. There's going to be differences of opinions in the church. I was reading my Bible, Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark. It is an intriguing story. But Paul was feared among his brethren. He was kind of stiff, kind of stern. And Barnabas started persuading the disciples. said, well, if if Paul's going to be so hard on y'all, come on over to our fellowship, right? Man, we still got that going on today. If that church's too rough for you, just come on over to our church. We let you do it over there. But Paul and Barnabas had a disagreement. Because Barnabas said to Paul, he said, let's take John Mark. He went on the first missionary journey. Why don't we go ahead and take him on the second missionary journey too, Paul? He did so good, but there were some things going on with John Mark. Paul felt uncomfortable with it, to which he says, no, Barnabas, he's not going with us. Oh my gosh, two hard-headed men of God. Differences of opinion. The room is silent. Everybody's like, oh my God, no, we didn't just say that to Paul. There's a difference of opinion. Do you know what happened that day? Paul and Barnabas split up. They left one another. They did not leave the church Follow me. They did not leave the fellowship with Christ. But they left fellowship with one another because Paul said, this is the way we're doing ministry. And Barnabas said, no, this is the way we're going to do ministry. And they decided, you know what? Let's both keep on doing ministry. You do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. But the gospel kept being preached. People were saved. It's all good. You can have a difference of opinion. You can... The church is going to have differences of operation. That's Peter and Paul. That is where Paul is sitting here preaching grace, grace, grace. Paul's preaching. Isn't it amazing? Paul's always stirred up in the middle of something. Paul and Peter, two great men of God. They are both apostles. They've seen the resurrected Savior. They are two of the greatest men in the Bible. No doubt. Paul's over here preaching. There is a branch that has been grafted in. Thank you, Jesus, for Paul. Because he was talking about you and me, the Gentiles. God has extended past the Jews. He's going to the Gentiles. And I got Peter over here saying, I will not eat that that, that is unclean. And God's saying, don't you call unclean what I have pronounced clean. So I got Paul preaching grace, differences in operations, and then I've got Peter over here preaching that if you're not circumcised, men, you can't go to heaven. That's right. Come on, Lieutenant Sandra, I'm closing. There's going to be differences due to offenses. I was reading a beautiful story the other day. His name's Onesimus and Philemon. <laughs> Onesimus was a slave to Philemon. He's Philemon's slave. He belongs to him. This is the days of slavery, all right? But he was a thief. And Onesimus stole something from Philemon, and then he took off. Well, naturally, 
that offended Philemon, right? How many of you like it if you give somebody a place to live, food to eat, water to drink, a nice cozy bed, and then next thing you know, the TV you had hanging on the wall is gone along with the guy you were allowing to stay there. Yeah, that offends me. Come in my place, take my stuff. But look at Philemon 1, 8 and 12. Paul asked if he could, if he could send him back, right? There, there's an offense here. But I want to send him back to you, Philemon. We're sending him back to your church. That is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because what? It is the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, verse 9, but because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this as a request from me. Paul, he pulled out the old man card. I'm Paul, an old man. I'm even in prison for Christ's sake. I appeal to you. Show kindness to my child, Onesimus. I became his father in faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, Philemon. But now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you. And with him comes my own heart. Verse 15, it seems you lost Onesimus for a little while. He strayed, in other words. He caused an offense to you. He stole from you. He did you wrong. That's right. For a little while so that you could have him back forever. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave. For what? He's part of this fellowship. He is, he's repented. Royal blood is flowing through his veins. He is now your beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. Are you grabbing this? Have you ever been offended? Huh? Anybody ever been offended? I'm going to get a swallow of water while y'all decide whether you're going to listen or not. I've been offended! I don't have enough hands to show you I'll use fingers and I still don't have enough of them. Oh, that I was a giant and had six on each hand. I don't have enough fingers to show you the times that I've been offended. And here's the deal. Not by the world. By the church. By my brothers. And by who I thought was my sisters. But there's hypocrites in the church. There's those that come among you. And they have sheep's clothing. But inside they're a what? They're a ravaging wolf. They're going to be in the church. They're going to offend you. And yes, there's even times that even brothers in Christ, we can say the wrong thing, we can do the wrong thing, we can mistreat one another. A little gossip that we were drawn into that we should have avoided gets back to someone else's ear. So-and-so said this about you. Offenses can happen. We've been offended in the church. But Paul is saying to this, are you ready for this? I'm closing with this. He says to Philemon, he says, the work of God is more important than your offenses. Let me say it this way so everybody understands it. Get over it! Get over it! You're going to get a 
offended. You're going, this church is full of flesh. This church is humanity. It's who we are. We can't help ourselves sometimes. We just can't keep our mouth shut. We want to. We try to. But gosh, the gossip's so good. I can't let it go unnoticed. That's who we are. I'm telling you, there's some things wrong with the church. But he says to Philemon, you let him get in there. He's a brother. You get fellowship with him again. And I'm telling you, the work of God is going to be pushed forward because of Onesimus. What Paul is trying to say is church of the living God. Work together for the kingdom. It's not about you. It's about him. The fellowship of the church. Let's stand. I'm closing. The fellowship of the church has been made possible because of our fellowship with this wonderful Savior named Jesus Christ. See, this is what I figured out a long time ago. The best analogy that I've ever had of the church is what the Apostle Paul gave us. And I don't have time to preach it. I've already been too long as it is. But the Apostle Paul said, we are like a body. We are the body of Christ. How can the head say to the eye or the eye say to the head, I don't need you? How can the hand say to the arm, I don't need you? Because you begin to understand that the body is connected joint by joint, marrow, bone by bone, marrow by marrow, nerve by nerve, ligament by ligament. I'm telling you, this is a complicated thing that only God could create. But how wonderful and marvelous He has made you. And you need to understand that it doesn't matter what body parts you are, from the smallest to the largest, you need to know you are part of this body. You are part of His church. And you should be honored to be so. You should be honored to be called one of His. You should be honored today to be a part of Gap Hill Church of God. You should be honored to do that. You really should. Because it's His church. And He purchased us. And we may not always agree. We may not always see eye to eye. Yes, we may even hurt one, one another from time to time. God forbid, but we will. The fellowship of the church is right, though. It's about, I love you, brother. I'm here for you, brother. Sister, if you need me, call me. That's the fellowship we need. See, the things that I'm preaching to y'all, this series will make the devil so nervous, he won't be able to stand it. Because what fellowship means is unity. How can two walk together except they agree? How can blind lead the blind or they're both going to fall in the ditch? There's this beautiful word, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And that's what fellowship is. We're walking hand in hand. Same vision, same purpose. We're serving the same Savior. We go to the same church. We pray to the same God. 
sing. Let's, anybody want to pray today? If, if, you, if somebody were running this altar right now, I promise you I'll quit. If you don't, I might take 10 more minutes. Anybody want to come? Can we have fellowship together? Can we have fellowship right now together in the altar, in your pew, wherever you want to? Let's have fellowship with Him. Let's lift up His name today. It's not about me, it's about Him. No one can defeat us. Fellowship. Brother, you're my sister. So Take me by the hand. No foe that can defeat us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have one another. The fellowship of the church is real. The love of God going from us, one to another. When one hurts, we all hurt. Knowing that we're there for one another. Satan can't stand it. When we come together in fellowship, when we come together in unity, when we come together with one purpose, one mind, one heart. Hallelujah. You're my sister.
Father, help us to realize that we are part of this fellowship. We should be honored to be a part of your fellowship. This is your church. This is your church. Royal blood is flowing through our veins. Lord, help us to get it right. There is a world that is dying and going to hell. We got to get it right. We have got to get it right. And the first thing we need to start with is fellowship one with another. Because, Father, if we can't get it right on the inside, how in the world are we going to help anybody on the outside? Lord, give us a burden for one another. When we're discouraged, we want somebody to pray for us. When we lose things in our lives, we want somebody to Give us a hug. Send us a text. Pick up a phone and call and say, I'm thinking about you. I'm asking you to help us to be the members of this body that we want everybody else to be for us. If we can get that, my goodness, all of hell will tremble because of the fellowship and the unity that we have among our brothers and sisters. Let us love one another. In the name of Jesus, amen. Don't you love him today? God bless you.